The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you, but more importantly than that, oh, oh, we on. got a birthday yeah, today. Hey, hey everybody, it's my birthday. It's my birthday, woo! Today is Adam's birthday, so I don't know if he figured this out, but I specifically asked him what album review he wanted to do on this this uh, on this date. I didn't tell him that, that it was going to be here, I didn't know if he would figure that part out. But he said, without hesitation, he wanted to do Seven Dust Animosity. That's right. So that is what we're going to do for our album review for this week. Adam, I imagine uh, this album meant a good bit to you. Uh, I see it came out in 2001. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you listen to this album around the time it came out, or was it one that you gravitated towards later? Uh, Definitely when it came out, uh, because I was in high school, and... Um, I absolutely remember, um, you know, I would say the the praise uh, song was the first one that kind of came out on MTV, and I saw the mm. music video, and so uh, that's what got me into it. But this was one that me and my group of friends would listen to. Particularly, I remember a couple things about it. Um, one, there's you're you being a band guy, and other marching band people know this. You know, on Friday nights. There is a time between classes being over and before you have to be ready for marching band. And there's like a couple kids, you know, that stay and stick around and they just stay after school. And I was a kid that I would just stay after school. I didn't have an easy ride home and come back. And so I would just stay there. Same. I mean, it was the same for me, obviously. Um, You know, our mother had one car. We Mm -hmm. even when I got my license, we couldn't afford another car. When you got your license, we couldn't afford another car. So if we had to stay after school for something, even if it was later in the day, chances were we were going to have to stick around. Mm -hmm. And we had oddly enough, Adam and I went to different high schools. But um, I imagine it was a lot of the same where we would either just stick around the band room or the day Mm -hmm. or walk to some stores exactly. or restaurants or something like that, hang out with other you know people in that sort of interim time. Yep. And so this was an album that would kind of get into that rotation of when you're, oh, you're playing cards, you know, either a bunch of go to our top 10 cards game. And this was a mm-hmm. similar thing. I would play with friends while we're waiting in time here. And this album would play in this group of friends uh, while we were waiting for Marching Man to start. And then, on top of that, I just fell in love with the album. Um, I would, in high school, I would go on walks for a little while mm-hmm. and just kind of like walk around. I think you were a big walk guy too. I, thought, I was. Yeah. I was. Especially like when I had to spend time, like, in, like you know, as we said in between, mm-hmm. um, there was a big cemetery right across the street uh. from the school and I would just go and... I would just go walk around the cemetery, read the uh, great, read the gravestones mm-hmm. and the head headstones and stuff like that. And yeah, listen to you know, put on my uh, my Sony Discman, dude. Yes, right. I yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I had, it's all about that no skip uh, technology, which oh, was yeah. bullshit. Jeez. It always skipped. Uh, <laughs> but I would walk from our house to uh, Newtown Park, 
and I would either walk around Newtown Park or sometimes I'd be going out to play tennis or whatnot and I would just walk there. Again, we didn't have a car um, when it was just just us and whatnot. So I would always have music on my walk. And if I was particularly walking just to walk around and you just kind of like I putting on music was such an important thing for me of to go walk around and you just absorb the music. What I, The way I treat music is it helps me block out everything else and I can mm-hmm. just block everything else out and I could just kind of focus in and put on an album and, you know, put it on my disc man and just walk and just kind of like, you know, think. You know, you, you know, you're kind of like that angsty little teen. You're angry at everything or, you, you know, you're feeling the world's out to get you, um, you know, which is not the case. You realize later it's like, oh, man, my problems weren't really problems, um, but you felt like it. And so some albums really kind of meant a lot to me in that era of my life. And Seven Dust Animosity was one of them. And I would say after our top 10 new metal episode, I was like, man, I really want to get to this one. So when you said, hey you've got a birthday episode coming and what, what's the uh, album you want for it? I was like, without question, seven dust animosity. Was this the album that introduced you to seven dust or were you already familiar with them? Uh, This was my introduction. So I listened to this one and then I went back and I eventually bought seven dust, uh, the seven dust album, as well as um, uh, their other one. Why the hell the one with denial? I can't remember. Fuck. That's killing me. Uh, Home. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's kind of uh, do our little introductory facts here. The album was released on November 13th, 2001. So your birthday month. Yeah. So kind of appropriate there. Yeah, very fitting. Uh, And I believe Seven Dust is from Atlanta. They are. The Atlanta Atlanta area, I shouldn't say. And I I have (laughs) not seen them live, and I need to, my man. I'm kind of shocked that you haven't seen them live. Yeah. They're, they're, they've consistently kept putting out albums, and they have been a favorite band of mine for, or they were for a wide, a long stretch. Mm-hmm. And so it is a shock. It's, it's one I need to just make happen. Yeah. Uh, it was produced uh, by the band itself and a guy named Ben Gross, who has uh, been known for producing albums for a lot of sort of similar bands in the genre. I'm just going to rattle off some very well-known names. Dream Theater, Marilyn Manson, Disturb, Breaking Benjamin, Filter, Fuel, Depeche Mode, uh, Vertical Horizon, um, Ben Folds, 30 Seconds to Mars. Just, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Just a lot of well-named bands. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the personnel, uh, Le, is it LeJohn? Yeah, LeJohn. That's how, that's LeJohn how I Witherspoon on lead vocals, Clint Lowry on lead guitars, John Connolly on rhythm guitars, Vinny Hornsby on bass, and Morgan Rose on drums. Um, some additional musicians, um... There's really only one well-known additional musician. Um, there was a guy named Blumpy <laughs> who did a good some name. keyboards. Uh, and then uh, the producer, Ben Gross, did some programming. But on the track Follow, some additional background vocals were done mm-hmm. by Aaron Lewis, yep. who is best known as the lead singer of the band Stained. It's been a while since I've heard Aaron Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> And I just checked 
They are going to be playing in uh, December 15th of this year in Atlanta uh, at the Roxy. So I probably just need uh, to suck that up and, and go watch I it. I have fond memories of the Roxy. Yeah. The Roxy was two things that I have fond memories about the Roxy. Of. One, the Roxy was the, was the first place I ever went to a show without a parent. Okay. Uh, I saw um, Better Than Ezra. Oh, Better Wow, that Ezra. took me a long time to get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I saw Better Than Ezra there. And then I actually got to perform at the Roxy uh, my senior year of high school. I was in a band who uh, got on a docket for a show and got to perform there. Funny thing about that, every pretty much every show we ever did, we were usually the first band on. Mm-hmm. The reason was... <laughs> Uh, we were very much a classic rock sounding band. Even our originals had sort of a classic rock with a little bit of modern pop twist in it. Every other band we were ever uh, on a docket with was heavy metal. Oh, uh, okay. So they didn't want to throw us in in the middle of a group like that. Mm-hmm. So they always put us first um, and then did all the heavy metal guys later. So. Anyway, that was my little stint about the Roxy. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get this. It's Daughtry with Seven Dust. I bet Seven Dust is probably going to be opening for Daughtry. But I like Daughtry. I've actually seen Daughtry live, uh, funny uh, enough. I like him, but I like Seven I mean, Dust more. I've, I've gone to a show just to see the opening act and left afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, went, I went to a show where Sublime was the headliner and... The Offspring was the opening act, and I just went to go see The Offspring. Yeah. They, yeah and, yeah. I mean, I liked Sublime's music, but honestly, without the mm-hmm. the lead singer, I really wasn't interested in seeing him, so I left after that. I'd say that's pr- completely valid. Uh, I'm about ready to get into the album. Adam, you got any other uh, fun facts for us? couple fun facts for everybody. Uh, so, I think you already mentioned yeah, the thir- third studio album. It peaked at number 28 on the Billboard 200. It was certified gold. Uh, so it sold pretty well. I think it's maybe not their highest selling album, but, you know, amongst it. Uh, the lead guitarist and backing vocalist Clint Lowry, who you mentioned in the group of people, uh, he actually wrote a good bit of the songs as well. And they did write the songs together for a good bit of them. His brother is Corey Lowry, who is the lead guitarist for Seether. Oh, so okay. two two uh, brothers, you know, with some some very pretty popular new metal bands there. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I own their first eight albums. Uh, they have 13 albums. <laughs> and uh, it's a lot. And they uh, were very consistent. Like I said, they put out albums every two to three years after, like, it was 97, I think, is when that first one came out, mm. um, or 96 or so. And it was literally, like, every two or three years, they, they, put, they put out another one. And so, you know, there was definitely a time where I would always just, like, oh, if I was in a music store, I would just kind of check in to see, oh, is there a new Seven Dust album? Oh, there is. Okay. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> and so I bought, I have, I have their first eight ones and I like them all. Um, eventually kind of the sound, uh, you know, um, I felt, you know, okay, all right, I'm, I'm just moving on in, in my life with some other stuff. I still like their stuff, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, very nostalgic for me, but I, I love them. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm excited to talk animosity. This was this was a big one for me, obviously, to pick this out as you know one of my top albums to talk about. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the first one that was actually written by the drummer. Um, I actually was very happy to see, uh, looking at the writers' credits for this whole thing, it's a good combination of every member of the band. 
Um, sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it's a few people. But it's not like just like it's not like just the lead singer and the guitarist that wrote all the songs. There was a good combination of a bunch of different people mm-hmm. within the band um, uh, contributing to all the different songs, which I find to be really good in a band, and also I think helps to change the sound from time to time. So you're not mm-hmm. you're stuck with a bunch of songs that sound the same all the time. Uh, and I did not look this up because I figured Adam would know the answer to this, and we'll talk about what the meaning is, but the first <laughs> song is called T-O-A-B. Tell me something because I don't know if that looks for me. Change your face and show me Right off the bat, I thought they did it. They they hit you with the the new metal sound, so it definitely you definitely know what you're getting for the majority of the album. Yes, yeah. This they they don't deviate too much. Oops, sorry, it's still playing. They don't deviate too much from their new metal sound. I mean, they they know their style. Uh, now mm-hmm. now, granted, do they? I think you know push around that style uh, a good bit in this album. I think a good, yeah, yes, they do. I mean, they know mm-hmm. their style, but they are, they give you, not on this song, um, but I'll mention it <laughs> on a later one, but they give you what I call slow core. So there's hardcore and there's slow core, but they're both part of the new metal sound. And mm-hmm. they, I think Seven Dust, better than a lot of other bands, can kind of integrate all of those into the same album where you're kind of getting some of these slower but still angry and uh, kind of emotional kind of songs. Um, and then other ones that are just hard and fast and angry. And, and this one, TOAB, is one of those more hard and angry ones. Um, not one of my favorite Seven Dust songs, but I like it. And I think it's fine mm-hmm. as a starting song for sure. One of the things I did like listening to this is within the first like minute, you were getting almost three different singing styles mm-hmm. from uh, LaJohn Witherspoon. Yep. Um you're getting you're getting the sort of metal almost screaming section. You're getting the a little bit slightly rap rock mm-hmm. type. It's sort of like it's melodic but it's really fast talking so it's more like rap. And then you're getting a very melodic almost 90s pop yeah. or maybe grunge sound of an actual melody singing along. And that's all within like a shorter span of time which I found actually kind of refreshing. Like, they're varying things up. Are there bands that do each one of those individual sounds better? Yes, Mm -hmm. but putting them together I found to be kind of surprising. Yeah, and that's another reason why I think I like Seven Dust so much is LaJohn's vocals are just awesome, particularly when you can mix the melodic with the anger. Um, Mm -hmm. That's some of my favorite. Actually, that's partly also why... Killswitch Engage is what is a, a favorite when it comes to like the real even harder uh, metal, okay. Because their singer will just kind of go on this melodic journey every now and then. It's just like holy shit! Like you're you know <laughs> you're going like this super hard angry thing, and then you'll just start hearing like this this voice. It's like was that the same guy? 
<laughs> and sometimes on this album, it's not. It's it's one of the other backup vocals right. that gets particularly kind of gruff and, and angry. But LeJohn, I love his voice, and I love having that blend of, of melodic sound in with the anger um, and why I definitely... Um, why I, I pushed to him uh, another fun little thing actually funny enough both Killswitch Engage and Seven Dust black lead singers and that is not oh. a common thing when it comes to metal I would say no I I agree yep. and and for I would say for a um for a group of people that like to say that they're very inclusive I don't necessarily know and I don't know that it's the fault of the of the I mean, I feel like the fan base feel like they are inclusive, mm-hmm. but you you just don't see. I mean, I can I can tell you the name of one all black metal band that I know of off the top of my head. Now I'm sure there are more out yeah. there, and I can only think of, and it's from the '80s. Yeah, Living Color. Living Color. That's, that's the only one I can name off of the top of my head. Yeah, I'm sure there are other ones. Yeah, oh, of course, but you're right. They, I don't know too many. So I, I gotta ask T O A B Adam. What does it mean? Tits on a boar. Uh, all right. Is that because it's something, is it like <laughs> so, the saying is useless as tits on a boar? That's exactly like that? what it is. So it's, okay. tits on a boar is like a southern slang term. It's you know basically saying that whatever it is is, is useless. It's worthless. It's the same as saying, yeah, there's, it's, why do you have tits on a, on a male boar hog on a male hog? Like, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Why, why do human males have nips, nipples, you know, same kind of thing. So that's, that's exactly what because it is. Because we all started out as girls. That's yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, pretty much just science. It's just science. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next song, which was probably their most well-known song off this album. Possibly. I think and, this one or the last song, potentially. Okay. I did recognize the last song when I heard it. I was like, oh, this does sound familiar. Yeah. I might have heard this on the radio. Um, but this one, I definitely remember. Now, also, I believe, didn't you pick this out for one of your top ten uh, I picked it as my songs? number one. Uh, yeah. From the top 10 new metal, yeah. I was like, oh, I've heard this before. And then I realized, yes, when I put the song on that list yeah. when we did it. Uh, and it is called Praise. What did you expect? Fools often sometimes forget. Who really knows what's the truth? Often dignified. How funny changing the tide. It feels like you already knew. This is definitely their most radio-friendly, ready-to-go song on this album. It was. It definitely feels like it was produced to be a single. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a catchiness to it. It's a there's yes. a simplicity to the song. You're right, and all of that leads to its its radio play, uh, which it peaked at number 15 on the mainstream rock chart and 23 on the modern rock chart. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that introduced me to Seven Dust, the music yeah. video, which isn't anything special. But it is what it gravitated me towards. It was like, oh, I like yeah. this sound. Like, you know, new metal was was starting to become, you know, a bigger and bigger thing. And their sound, um, and in particular with Praise, is just what got me really into them. And so that's when I started listening to getting this album and then listening to their back catalog and really loving them. And, you know, I it's ultimately what led me to pick 
this song for my top new metal song of all time. It's not even my favorite song on the album. Hell, it might be my third favorite song on this album, John. But uh-huh. I picked it as my top favorite new metal song because it's it's got the anger and it's got all mm-hmm. of like the, the things that I, I liked and wanted, um, which is kind of funny. But I there's some slowcore songs that I like better on this album, but mm-hmm. I couldn't pick slowcore on <laughs> for that new metal new for yeah for top 10 new metal and i don't even know if slow core is a thing but i think it makes sense it's like the new metal yeah. slow like you'd um what's that stained uh, it's i'm on the outside outside was a huge one that's a, another good okay. like slow core song in my opinion plus this you know this is this is around the time when like napster was a thing but it was only just like a small thing mm-hmm. and, you know streaming was not yet a thing so the music industry was still relying heavily on album sales. They had actually stopped really doing singles at this point. And so if you if you wanted to move albums, you needed at least that one sort of radio-friendly song to get people into the stores to buy the album. Because mm-hmm. um, that was the only way you were going to get it. You yeah. know, a very only a you know, only few people at the, of us at this point were using Napster for things. And it's a great song in the style in the same genre of the songs they're already doing but enough of that sort of mainstream sensibility to pull people in to get it which i think is a smart thing nowadays you don't need that in fact if chances are if, if this you know the band was releasing this album they would just release praise as a single without it even being on an album yeah fair they would just they would just pull out songs and just sort of release songs as they go Full albums, even though they are still being released, are not as much of a thing. I mean, if you look at artists like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Doja Cat and stuff like that, they all released singles and became very very popular well before they actually ever did a full-length album. Mm-hmm. True. It's just unfortunately not a thing anymore. Yeah. yeah no, I... to, to me is sad mm-hmm. and disappointing, but it is what it is. And yeah. if you if you want to get anywhere in, in in that kind of industry, you kind of have to follow that game. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we hell on the podcast, we're not going to do a uh, you know singles, singles review. review. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's an album review because albums is a thing, and they're kind of are a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, because you know, good albums take you on your own little mental, you know, little little journey. You're getting a story told through this entire album. You know. Um, you know, on the, like the good ones or whatever, where nowadays mm-hmm. it's just not the case. And obviously music industry and a lot of things have been changed completely because of that. Um, you know, with digital, with Napster and just with digital, just, just right. wanting to listen to a single song instead. So yeah. Um, one thing I want to bring back to praise is we already talked about it, but I think there's a great back and forth of that anger. You know, you get actually the the backing vocals and I can't remember who is doing it, but they have that that very high it's kind of a more high pitched scream. Um mm-hmm. where they're going like that, praise past the devil connect to and I can't even know all the lyrics, but but then you switch from that where it's just like angry and then then LeJohn does the melodic and save you would you ever like you know he's got his it, it's that flow of back and forth of angry to melodic, angry to melodic mm-hmm. all in this song. And I think all of that um, works well for it. So makes me happy. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's move on to the next song, which is called Trust. Too good to be true. You can't stay with me. I was she was all I need. And it's getting late. And it's cold. 
So I'm going to kind of just give a, a couple blanket statements. Um, one, they are very consistent in their style. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was a fine, listenable style. I don't have the connection that you are obviously going to have with uh, a lot of these songs. So I'm probably not going to have as much to say about as some of these individual songs yeah. as you are. Okay. This one, to me, was fine. It was very listenable. There was nothing that grabbed me, that grabbed my attention, but I enjoyed it just fine. Uh, this one, it sl- overall slows the pace from the previous two a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. Praise, I said, co- does kind of go back and forth. This one is a little bit more melodic than it is hard metal. Um, and as I already mentioned, I love that about about it. Maybe it's because, you know, I, I mean, I listen to this whole album through all the time, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, I really like this one, and I like I like LeJohn's voice quite a bit in Trust, and even in like even in the same songs, they do go back and forth on the hard one. This one just ends up being far more melodic in in general, and I love it. I'm a, definitely a fan of Trust. I think this is a strong option. Um, yeah, to me, I, don't know, I can't put the entire album on my top half of the album, but like <laughs> Trust is for sure in in the top half for me if I had to rank them. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, then we're going to go ahead and move on to the next song, which was titled Crucified. I do remember uh, really liking this one the, when I heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like their guitar sound, mm-hmm. that kind of crunchy sound they got going on, and I like the juxtaposition of the hard sort of riffy guitars with LeJohn's sort of melody mm-hmm. and his his singing style. Yeah, uh, again, same same kind of thing. Um, he is really what makes Seven Dust for me. Uh, but yeah, they got they got a good sound to him. But he he Lejean elevates it to um, just making almost every time he is singing melodically just so so listenable to me. And each each of those songs just really strong. Crucified was released as a single, but it didn't chart. Uh, the funniest part of this song is uh, it's one of the background vocalists. I just can't remember which one. He goes suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a. <laughs> I mean that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's like it's the random anger uh, that that peer, uh, pops up in new metal, and I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed that. I mean, it's stupid that part, but it's still fun. The song itself, I really like. Um, and again, this is this just came out in a spot for me where you just you have all these hormones and emotions, and you don't know how to ch- check them out, and not for everybody, but for me, one of the first emotions that comes out is anger. Like from mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is for me, it's just kind of, it's how it's been most of my life is that if something happens and it's not, you know, what I'm expecting or something, it's a, it's not, you know, my regular or whatever. Um, my initial thought is fuck that. 
No, hell no. <laughs> like, you know, if uh, <laughs> even if like, you know, it's something that my boss says, hey, we got to try this in my, in my head. I'm like, fuck, no, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. Like anger comes out first. Or if something bad happens to a family member, you know, the first thing that happens to me is I'm mad about it. I'm not I don't mm-hmm. get sad immediately. I get angry, you know, and maybe that's because I listened to new metal when I was younger. Or maybe that's just t- why I. I got attracted to new metal and mm-hmm. metal in general and just hard music in general. Um, but I think the songs on this album speak to me in that way. You know, and they, you know, as an adult, you try and <laughs> you don't <laughs> let that show right away, but right. <laughs> you just, the first thing you do is just, I get mad and then I have to tuck it away and be like, okay, let's talk about our feelings now. Um, <laughs> where before <laughs> the first thing in my head is fuck no, fuck you. I hate this. <laughs> um, so yeah. And this, uh, this, this, kind of song and this type of album speaks to me so yeah I'm, I'm a fan of crucified well let's head on to the next one which i was interested to get to based simply on the name which is xmas day say i think this song caught me at the right time okay um i really enjoyed this one uh it's slower and something about the the vocal style and the melody i really just kind of enjoyed i kind of like i kind of sat back and closed my eyes a little bit when this one came on when i was listening and i'm not even sure i really absorbed what they were saying i was just sort of taking in the sort of sonic presence of the song if that makes mm-hmm. any sense at all oh, absolutely i mean you know i don't when, when i'm listening to the vast majority of these songs the what the lyrics are saying and what they're about mean very little to me yeah there's a lot of a, the sonic presence or, or certain words you know mm-hmm. um that will pick out and then i'll gravitate towards you know like the lyrics man the the or the, the chorus i mean the, i could break into a million pieces like even just like that take that little bit and you know when you're a teenager or older you're just like yeah man Fuck this. Fuck mm-hmm. everything, you know? But it kind of in like that sadder slow core, which I'm going to say again, that slow core method. Xmas Day is easily my favorite Seven Dust song. I okay. love this song. And the way you kind of put it, it really does um, just kind of wrap up what, what I felt about this song was when I was maybe feeling sad about something or angry sad or whatever, this is a song I would put on and I would just listen to it, and you just get inside yourself. This is one mm-hmm. of my top get inside myself songs, uh, especially if I needed to go out for a walk or something like that. I find this one kind of there's there's a you know there's ballad qualities to this song, and I think mm-hmm. it fits really well in kind of the flow of this album. We've got some angry, and then some slow angry, and then et cetera, et cetera, and then this one just kind of hits it, and you're just like, damn, it's emotion time, and. This one, it's it, to me, it's dark, it's haunting, but it's beautiful. You know, I'm just going to listen to it. I'm going to turn inward. I'm going to reflect. Um, I can listen to this song at absolutely any point. I love it that much. Uh, I did look up kind of more of the lyrics, and 
kind of looked at, found out the song itself is about Clint Lowry, who wrote it. Um, mm. It's about his mother, Clint Lowry's mother, and her drinking mm. problem. Uh. And that's kind of what it, and apparently stuff at like, you know, Christmas Day, uh, either something happened, or I can't remember what it, what it was, but. I was just about to ask you what uh, Christmas Day had to do with. And uh, I, I don't, I, it, there was something I can't, I can't remember, I didn't really see, but um, I think it was where like either something blew up or there was some, some kind of problem. Um, mm-hmm. or just kind of like, yeah, family issues, but this song is just, it, this would have made, I couldn't put this one at my top new metal because of the style and how ballady right. it is, but this is forever, probably, probably forever my favorite seven to song. And I just adore it. All right. Well, let's head on to the next song, which is called dead set. Once I say I think what I had as a problem to listening to this song is I was kind of coming down from the high of listening to Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and the song is fine, but it didn't grab me right away. And I like I listened to this whole album just continuously, mm-hmm. um, and I think that I think that was the problem is I was in such a euphoric state from Christmas Day that I didn't like being brought back to, <laughs> back yeah. down by the next <laughs> song. Yeah, the next song, um, I definitely get some kind of like suicide thought vibes from mm-hmm. from the lyrics and whatnot, or, or if at least a person is battling the feeling of suicide and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I can see, yeah, see that issue. It goes kind of yeah back and forth between kind of the harder and the soft stuff um, in this in this song. I still like it. I still, but it is a drop from from Xmas Day, definitely. So, but I mean, I don't know. There's just there's something about. There's something about the anger and the the pain. There's the, the, there's a pain in uh in, in Seven Dust stuff that I just uh, you relate to it even though you don't you know as a as what 14, 15 when this album came out you know I didn't really know pain but you felt you sure as hell felt like you did and this is this is you know what uh, how I feel like it it spoke to me so okay uh, all right well we're just gonna kind of quickly move on to the next one which is called Shine. This is the last time I will talk to you. I feel like a man of a lot state of mind am I getting through. I'm on a Uh, this is another one where I really like the juxtaposition of the riff of the guitar and LeJohn's uh, singing style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, they're going the... Dun, 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 yeah, and he's just like, I'm on a free fall. Like, he's, he sounds gorgeous. And he's just got yeah. that hardness behind him. Um, 
you know, it, this song is a, a really good embodiment of the anger and the fear and the the pain and the emotions going through you as a teenager. At least to me, that's how I'm connecting. And uh, there are lyrics that, you know, I could connect to, um, particularly in this song. You get things like, it's so hard for me to shine. You know, just that lyric right there. I'll pull that out and just be like, yeah, man. Like in high school, it's so hard to set yourself aside. How do you how do you get your own voice in high school? How do you make mm-hmm. yourself, you know, seen and heard? Um, I'm on a free fall. Of course, anybody's going through the emotional roller coaster that is puberty in high school. You all, you feel like you don't have any, you know, ground beneath you and you're just, you know, falling apart. Um, I'm not saying this is the most deep song. You know, everything, there's a lot of surface lyrics and stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't say they're the most known for, and new metal in general isn't known for metaphors and, and, and stuff being a very, you know, <laughs> thought provoking with that aspect. They kind of sing it as it is. Right. But sometimes, you know, you just need to hear the words and that you can connect to them and you'll hear it straightforward. And so I absolutely connect to this song and I did when I was younger. Um, so and, and, and that extends to this whole album because, you know, they're yeah, the style on the first seven songs is pretty similar other than I might throw out Exos Days has there's just something different about that one. Mm-hmm. Um and even tits on a board at the very beginning is just a little bit harder than everything else. I would, maybe you would say, but, but yeah, I, I think this song is a really strong example of why someone experiencing this album at the time in life when I experienced it connects to new metal and connects to stuff. And I have a uh, a battle that I have with um, a friend of mine. He was actually on our throwback trivia episode not too long ago. Jeremy Andrews. I work with him. He's uh, five six years younger than me. And so where I really connected to new metal and the anger and the pain uh, of new metal is kind of what spoke to me. He really connects to emo. And he was like, you don't understand the pain from emo. And I'm like, the, those whiny bitches that sound like, you know, someone stepped on their balls. I can't stand that music. And he was like, you mean new metal that just scream and like try to rap and they're stupid dumbasses?" And I'm just like, fuck you. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> So, but they're honestly, they're, they're very similar styles really when you think about it and they were just, they're telling similar, similar stories about pain and, and anguish and, you know, heartbreak or whatever. And I feel like new metal does it similarly, just a little bit, maybe more angrier. And, um, that's, you know, depend on when you grew up, you know, different music styles speak to you. And it's just kind of funny because really they're very, very similar in what they're telling. Um, and I'm just like, no man, the pain of new metal is far more than the pain of, of emo. Cause those guys with a stupid black eyeliner, they're crying through their eyeliner and ruining their makeup and all because some girl said, I don't you know like you anymore, but the, the new metal is, you know, fuck you, you know, you get, you get real pain in it. And, uh, and there's just something in anger with the new metal that is fun. So, but anyway, that to being said, yeah, yeah, you pull out what you can at the different ages you are, and I think uh, Shine does a good job of that. All right, and that kind of brings us to the back half of the album, mm-hmm. uh, starting with a, a song called Follow. It brings along the line to know what I 
I thought this was a fine song. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here we add that Aaron Lewis um, background, and he's not even like super featured. He is pretty much just behind LeJohn on most mm-hmm. of it. And I think it actually adds a nice little filler or fill out of of the sound um, where a lot of the other background is more screamo, screamo kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. LeJohn is doing all of the melodic. But here you have another um, kind of stronger voice and a stronger singing voice with Aaron Lewis jumping in on this. And so, yeah, I liked that dimension that was added with um, with Aaron Lewis on this one. Uh, and, you know, I, I come to this point on usually on number eight, by the time we get through most of these albums, most of the time, I'm probably where you are about now, uh, where it's like, yeah, the song's fine. I've heard it before. Like, that's yeah. kind of the thing. For me, and because of my love of this album, I'm at this point where I'm just kind of being taken back to younger Adam. Um, I'm imagining pimples all over my face and, and you know, uh, just not being able to, to get a girl and, you know, how life sucked, which actually I never thought life sucked. I had a good, I'd get a high school, you know, <laughs> we've life. had a good life. So far. yeah, exactly. But I'm at a point like where every one of these songs, I'm just like, man, I'm in fucking love with every one of these songs. <laughs> and so far I'm continuously just feeling better and better. You know, I'm not saying the songs are getting better and better, but like my euphoria is getting, I mean, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's currently how I'm feeling, you know, as I'm listening to number eight on this album. All right. Well, let's move on to number nine. Number nine. I know. I was about to do it. (laughs) I was like, he's pausing. Does he want me to do it? And then you did it. (laughs) I was waiting. Uh, It's called Damaged. Didn't you hurt yourself? Couldn't you wash the blood? Again, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really not going to have much to talk about. So after that high uh, of like the first eight songs, I'm not going to say Damaged brought me down, but I am going to say it, it. here's where it kind of plateaued for me. Um, I like this song just fine. I think this mm-hmm. is okay. I'm, I'm happy with it, but this is probably the first one where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm really digging this. Like, okay, now, now I'm, I'm coasting now. Um, I'm, I am not loving this one. And I think a lot of it is too much use of the screamo. Um, mm-hmm. so, and I can't, uh, yeah, whoever, whoever it is doing that screaming background, it was just too much for me. I'm like, it, I got every time LeJohn started singing, huh, I felt better. And I enjoyed <laughs> the song more, but then when it did more of like the screaming stuff, I was like, uh, this song's not as good. And I'm like, okay, that's why. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, apparently the song definitely might have some more kind of suicide thoughts on it. Um, definitely some more kind of pain things like that that you're that people would be might be dealing with um, as the song "Damaged" basically just kind of you know talking about how much damaged and crappy you you are as a person mm-hmm. um, or whoever the you know the singer of the song is not the singer but the narrator if you will of the song. <laughs> okay, but yeah, the song itself is fine, but. More LeJohn 
As weird as it is, it's what I need. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which I believe was actually released as a single mm-hmm. uh, called Live Again. I definitely had a vague recollection of hearing this song on the radio. Yeah, it hit number 21 on the mainstream rock charts. So, I mean, that's that's not insignificant. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely the chorus, I was like, oh, this is definitely hitting something in the, you know, in the back of my brain. Like, I've definitely heard this, you know, back when I actually listened to radio stations. Yeah. Um, I don't really anymore. I couldn't tell you the name of a single radio station in Las Vegas now <laughs> at all, ever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this one brings things back down a little bit, you know, slows things down overall in the song itself. Um, it's an enjoyable, solid song, but it's not a standout on the album, for sure. Yeah, um, I would probably have to put this towards the middle, lower middle of if I had to rank them. But uh, a couple of lyrics I want to kind of call out, um, you know, again, this whole album in the very... Similar style of each one. It's about how I connected to it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And here, a line. How many times have you looked at yourself and felt mistreated? How does it feel to know that this life of yours is real? All your life, you've been led to believe you're nothing. So look at yourself and start to live again. Um, which a lot of the other s- songs are a little bit more, you know, yeah, you know, you're you have the pain, all this stuff. And that, I, I like the little twist that it kind of shifts you to positivity at the end of this. Yeah. You know, it's a, that was some heavy shit. Yeah. You know, look at yourself, start to live again. But like, you know, you've, you've, you've been told you're nothing, you know, you're a worthless piece of crap. Um, and you felt mistreated, you know, yes, that's what everybody feels that even though, you know, you look back in your life, it's not that bad, but you know, you always feel like, okay, this one person doesn't get me or other people don't get me or whatever. Um, so you, but there's that positive spin at the end of, hey, you need to start to live again. And I l- really do like that aspect of this song where you're kind of getting that push to, hey, fuck them all. You've got to you got to start over again. You got to just you you do something that'll make you happy. And so. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, was is a solid one is a solid single. And I very much appreciate it. All right. We're coming around the bend. A few more songs left. And let's get to the next one, which was called Beautiful. I gotta say, Adam, this song did nothing for me. <laughs> okay, um, and my comment was not a top tier, but a definitely good. So it would be kind of a net more kind of lower half of the album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I more lyrics to call out. Um, kind of the chorus on this one. 
I need something beautiful to fill the space we've taken up. I need something to feel real again before I go numb. So to me, there's definitely something about relationship vibes like there's a you know the space that we've taken up there's something that the either a relationship is missing and he needs something beautiful there um i need something to feel real again because apparently nothing is not feeling real anymore before i go numb so i might even throw in like maybe some drug use vibes in there because unless we're like alcohol or or what other other people numb the pain with that um and so yeah i i like i like those lyrics uh this song yeah you're right it's not it's not their best but i i'm Totally happy with it. And again, just kind of speaks to everything I, I want it to. Or, I, I you know, it, when I when I put on this album, this does exactly what it, it, it needed to. <laughs> okay. So. Fair enough. Uh, all right. And we're coming to the penultimate song, which is called Redefine. <laughs> All right. Um, my least favorite part of this song is the rap rock style. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely one of the worst songs on the album. But when I say worst songs on the album, I still love it. <laughs> I still <laughs> I still enjoy it. And I enjoy the chorus the most because that's when Nilla John is singing the most. And he's mm-hmm. not doing the, the rap. He's not the best rap rocker. Um, I'm not going to lie. But it's just the style doesn't work for me all that much. Uh, it's it brings back the anger a little bit, you know, definitely angrier than some of the other songs, and I'm fine with that. But it's just you know, this this is a I I can't call any song on here skippable. But if you had to skip one, I would be least mad at you if you skipped Redefine. All right, and that brings us to our final song, which was also a single. I think their third single released. And it's called Angel's Son. Life is changing again. I can't go on without you. Rearranging him. I will be strong. I'll stand by you. You are fighting. did remember hearing this one on the radio. Yep. And I like the acoustic touch. Does seem appropriate that they put it at the end of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part works for me. Ultimately, I found this to be a pretty good song. Yeah, I agree. This is a good way to end the album. You got that acoustic, but you know, that... that I think new metal works really well in the acoustic style because... Um, 
it's not like you're playing the same exact song that you had before, you know, like, mm-hmm. or the same style, you know, the whole time you're getting these harder, very distorted guitar sound. And then you put that same kind of energy uh, or partly, you know, partly that same emotion, but into an acoustic thing. And it's just like, oh man, that really works as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, this song was originally released on uh, an album called Straight Up, which is a tribute album to uh, Lynn Strait, who was the former lead singer of the band Snot. So uh, Lynn Strait died in a car accident on in uh, 1998 at the age of 30. Uh, and so this album was this this song was written for that. I mean, Angel's Son, definitely. It's it's got feelings of loss pain it's a very pretty song that has mm-hmm. that pain behind it it's a top level seven dust song it might probably i would say my second favorite song on the album um it's just there's a lot of beauty to it i think i can throw it in there you know with xmas day that i can listen to it most any time and it's just it's very very pretty i agree that acoustic sound is wonderful um and then kind of knowing and hearing about like you know when you hear that there's a lot a, a, a true story behind a song it makes it even more emotional and mm-hmm. so that does for song. i'll throw in tears you know tears in heaven you know right uh it's similar kind of thing you you find out what that song is actually about and you're just like oh damn that that makes it hit harder and even though i never listened to snot and i don't know this guy knowing that you know one of their friends died and this is a, you know a tribute to that person it makes it a little bit you know a, a little bit more and so i think for already a beautiful song, this makes it just a little bit more beautiful. And so I think it's a very fitting end to uh, an awesome album. All right. Well, let's go into our final thoughts. I'm going to start, not because I necessarily want to think that we want to end up on a high note saying, I'm not saying <laughs> mine's going to be a low note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I just want to end on what I think is going to be the most positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this was my first time hearing the whole album. I was only vaguely familiar with most of the singles, a few of the singles, I should say. Ultimately, I found the album enjoyable. Um, It was a little derivative after a while. I was starting to notice similarities, but there were certain songs that stuck out to me. Praise, Christmas Day did, Angel Sun did, and yeah, they were kind of just the singles. Uh, I I mean, yeah, actually, Christmas Day was released as a single Mm -hmm. um, later in 2002, but I still found them to be enjoyable songs. And there wasn't a, there wasn't really a song in here that I was like, oh, God, I have to skip this song. They were fairly consistent in their sound, and I think that uh, that played to their strength a little bit. Again, I really did like LeJohn's vocals, and I, I think uh, he contributed a lot to the sound of this band. LeJohn takes Seven Dust to the level where they became my favorite band for a strong period. Um and they they do that slow core, I think, better than pretty much anybody. Like, they go that back and forth. I really enjoyed going through this album again. Uh, it had been a while since I'd listened uh, to this whole thing. Um, though Seven Dust is pretty frequently listened to by me, whether it's some of their harder stuff in my new metal mix that I'll usually listen to when I work out, or I also have a Best of Seven Dust uh, playlist that I'll put on every now and then. Uh, but so I don't always listen to all of those albums that I've got through and through. And so I enjoy doing that. You know, none of these, you're right. None of these were bad songs. I wasn't anything that I had to skip. Um, I didn't think that there was any particular like, oh, I call that out for being a filler song. Um, they're just ones that I enjoyed more than others. And 
yes, I'm probably blinded a little bit by some of the nostalgia of where I am, and I kind of get taken back to how this album meant to me and how I could listen to it with my friends, and you're thrown back to some of those simpler times, even, like I said, in the marching band room where you're listening to this stuff, and you're just like, man, I really I really connect to that Xmas day, and your friend next beside you said, man, I fucking love it too. Like, that kind of shit. And I'm... I'm in love with it. I am digging it. I really enjoyed Seven Dust Animosity. So happy birthday to me. All right. And that was our review of the album Animosity by the band Seven Dust. Please join us next time for a patron requested episode as we break down the 1990 film Dick Tracy, discuss the 80s cartoon Garfield and Friends, and recast Dick Tracy using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is brought to you by 80stees.com. The BFOP Network has partnered with 80stees.com to uh, give you guys a fantastic deal. If you go to 80stees.com and use our code BFOP, that's B-F-O-P, you will get 30% off your entire order. I've got a shirt that's come in. It is fantastic. They have got tons of different merch options for any kind of 80s thing that you love. I can guarantee you're going to find it on 80stees.com. Their shirts are awesome quality. The one i am got on right now is fantastic and soft. Fits perfect. So make sure you go to 80stees.com and use the code BFOP. That's B-F-O-P for 30% off your order. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.